Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome. You're listening to The Living Free Show on 3CR Community Radio, 855 kHz on your AM dial and 3CR on digital radio. Thanks to the Ruminations crew for another great show, highlighting issues around homelessness and rooming houses. Uh, my name's Bill, and today I'm joined by a couple of male members of Alan and Family Groups, and we're going to be talking about living with the effects of someone else's alcoholism and how Alan has helped them cope. Uh, I'd like to welcome John and Warren to the 3CR studio this afternoon. Hi, guys. Hi, Bill. Hi, Bill. Um, so a, a bit about the show. Um, e- each week on the Living Free show, we highlight one of the 12-step programs that assist recovery from drug, alcohol and gambling problems, including uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, Gamblers Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, and for the families, Al-Anon family groups. Our guests share their recovery experience, and we hope their story can encourage others who want to change their lives. Um, so we usually have a bit of a chat about what life's like growing up, what happened, what it's like now. Recently, we've been sort of reversing that a bit and talking about what it's like, you know, what it's like in a recovery program and how your life has changed. Um, so, Warren, do you want to tell us, you know, yeah. sort of um, coming into Alan and what, what sort of what change did you notice? Yeah, major reduction in anxiety and um, feelings of uncertainty and where my place was in the world. Um, and a complete turnaround, being able to focus on my health, especially around spiritual and physical needs around my health, emotional needs, um, and detach from other people's journey. Um, my focus and involvement with other people's journey was, you know, bringing me down. Yeah. Okay. So how long have you been in Al-Anon? 11 years. Okay. That's, yeah. that's quite a while. Yeah. 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 And um, look, you know, I came into the, into the program, was introduced by another member, had no idea that it was alcoholism in my life. I was in my late 40s and uh, it was rife throughout my family. And I had no one, no idea that, um, you know, in the family I had married into, I had no idea that that was um, what was going on for me and that's what I was existing within. I just thought it was normal. And, uh, you know, my job was to survive each day and deal with what came my way. Yeah. yeah. So how long were you married before you realised you had a problem? Um, I was married 19 years. Yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't get into the rooms till after I became divorced. I'd been divorced about four or five years when, when I got into the rooms. I actually got in the rooms, um, you know, it was just happenstance and you know, I call it a bit of a spiritual miracle. I went to a barbecue with a friend and uh, it was in, in the country and we are coming back and uh, I noticed that that person had been having a drink throughout the afternoon and we were driving back on, on a Saturday evening and they said to me, oh, you look tired, can I help you? Would you like, would you like to um, drive? And... Uh, you know, I said, no, nah, you've been drinking. You're not driving. <laughs> and that person said to me, you're trying to control another person, tr- control their behaviour, you need to go to Elanon. And they immediately took me to a meeting. Right, and, okay. Uh, yeah, what, a, what an awakening. Yeah. So mm. what, what things did you notice in yourself that changed once you understood mm. a bit about alcoholism? Yeah, um, the pressure came off. Yeah. Um, physically, I was unwell. I had high blood pressure. Um, lots of anxiety, suffered from panic attacks. They lessened um, in, in great degree. You know, I, I um, had experiences where I ended up in a, a hospital emergency from a panic attack. 
And uh, I used to always get the same feedback from all the doctors. Man, you've got a lot going on. And yeah. I, and I did. I had a lot going on in my head. I was you know, obsessed with everything um, and you know, not able to look at myself. And, uh, you know, Eleanor got that stuff out of my head and allowed me to put the focus back on me and, you know, detach from other people's story. So, yeah. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, so, John, back to you. So how long have you been in Eleanor? In Eleanor? Um, <coughs> well, I've been in Eleanor... Twice. I, I joined in my late 20s and then I left and then I, I came back later on. But the first time I came that was to deal with growing up an alcoholic home and the second time I came back was, was to deal with living with uh, someone's drinking right there. Okay. And was that your wife, I think? That's correct, yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, I guess coming into Al-Anon uh, the first time, what... What did you, what did you realise coming in about alcoholism and uh, and I guess how, perfa- how pervasive it is? Yeah, well, it was my first meeting I went to, um, I, I, I'd given up smoking um, about two months before, and they told me that alcoholism was was a um, a disease, and I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I give up smoking, so if I give up smoking, I can give up drinking, because I, I could stop drinking. And the thing was, <clears throat> I was working at a, a pub at the time, and I was a cellarman, where you crack the kegs and beers, spurts up and all that, and I had a few beers after work to get a bit of courage to go there. And I went there, and I smelt like a brewery, and I, I told them that they had it all wrong, and uh, <laughs> they said, very good, John, keep coming back. Yeah, Come back. <laughs> yeah that's a good approach. Um so you've been in a couple of decades now. Correct. So how have things changed? Well, the first time I came in, it was um, what I realised was that I wasn't alone. I wasn't the only one having these feelings, and I wasn't as as um, mad as I thought I was. Um, and other people had had similar problems or worse problems than me, and were dealing with them by using the Aladon program. And it was like discovering a cure for cancer to know that there was a cure there and to know that I, I could be made well again was great but I never really took the medicine I just sort of hung around the edges and um, but even with that without getting right into the program it was it was just so good to know that, that um, there was help around and to know that um, my parents at the time they were doing the best they could they were doing the best they could, and um, they told me when, when when they knew better, they did better. And um, and I knew that my father, or, um, when he was young, he didn't say, when I grow up, I'm going to be an alcoholic and cause a lot of trouble. He didn't say that at all. No, no. It, it's unusual if people actually want to be an alcoholic. It's it's not a it's not a career choice many many people would would take. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so why did you leave Alan on the first time? I was cured. <laughs> Miracle. <laughs> I, I went there to... It helped me so much to deal with um, what I was going through at the time and uh, it settled me down and I, I could sleep and I, was, um, I wasn't seeing dragons or I wasn't um, having nightmares and, and things became really good. I was, and I was on a, uh, an even keel and good plane and, and when I came back this after... My wife's drinking it um, was causing me problems, and uh, I, I knew where to go. I knew there was a place to go to to, um, to make me feel better and to to get help. 
I went there to get help, and uh, I got help. And uh, and as they say in Al-Anon, um, Al-Anon helps whether the alcoholic is still drinking or not. And I'm not saying my wife's an alcoholic, but I'm just saying her behaviour when she drinks and even when she doesn't drink causes me problems. And it's with an alcoholic, nothing's consistent. That's what gets me. Nothing's consistent. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so back to you, uh, Warren. So... Some of the changes that occur in Alanon for you, what were they? Yeah, so I realised that I had a lot of coping mechanisms on board, and they were defects. Yep. You know, um, when in the family of origin, you know, someone would say we don't talk about that, or you know, that's a secret. Nobody talks about Denial, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just agreed and and stayed silent. And tried to work it out in my head. Yeah. Um, Which is not good for a kid, is it? No, I didn't have a voice. Yeah. And that left an emptiness in my stomach. And, uh, you know, things were said that um, resonated through me, but I wasn't able to process them. It was only recently that I was sitting in a meeting and uh, it occurred to me that my my mother had said to me a couple of times that um, there was was a time when Dad had come home drunk and um, she actually said to him it's a choice between her and the baby, me, yeah. you know, one year, one year old baby, or or the booze, and um, you know, I, I just remembered that she told me, and it never sunk in because I didn't learn how to process things. Yeah, because we weren't allowed to talk about them. So, no, yeah. So yeah. I stayed silent in the world. Yeah. yeah. So, in in Alanon, have you found yourself more able to? accept reality mm, i have i have and uh you know the, the major change for me is i've become teachable yeah that you know my will became very strong that i was trying to control so many things you know and people pleasing was one of my biggest character traits um and i i do that by just you know agreeing with people letting letting them do you know unacceptable things you know accepting unacceptable behavior handing over money handing over my you know emotional sobriety um and and um you know Taking all this punishment yeah. that uh, you know, I didn't have to take, and I didn't know that until I became into Alanon. So slowly but surely, I've been able to, you know, as things occur, because the disease doesn't stop, doesn't go away. You know, it, it, it continues to, um, it, it continues to thrive, um, and, and um, you know, I I learned to let go of those coping me- mechanisms and change my behaviour. So you know, yeah. um, and 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 stay away from it, you know, because at the end of the day, avoid, yeah, yeah, avoid, yeah, 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 avoid yeah. it. I, mean, I didn't have to stay in the, you know, when when um, you know, when an argument ensued, I said, well, you know, let's agree to disagree. You yeah. know, you have your opinion, I have mine, yeah, and and that's fine. Uh, and I didn't have to, you know, didn't have to win. Yeah, I didn't have to win. <laughs> yeah. yeah, surrender to win. They say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it's their journey, so why should I interrupt that? You know, yeah. I have no right to, you know, I've got a right to my journey and nobody else's journey. So. Yeah. yeah, I think, yeah. yeah, it's about respect, isn't it? It's yeah. about respecting someone else's right to yeah. be and do whatever they like, yeah. as long as I can do that myself without them impinging on me. Yeah, yeah. the biggest, yeah. sorry, sorry, Bill, just to yeah. finish, biggest thing I learned is they don't choose to drink. No, no, no. And, and, a, and it's a whole environmental thing going on where they need a supply chain, and 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 they need everything to be lined up to have that supply chain, and uh, that's their main focus, and, and everything else is secondary to them, um, and, and that's a that's a uh, that's a big big thing for them, you know, uh, that that must be all encompassing for them, and uh, yeah, they must be in as much pain as I was. I've got no doubt about that. Yeah, today. yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, John. Um, what what was it about understanding the disease of alcoholism that helped you the most? Um, <clears throat> main thing was that don't take it personally. 
So I have to take everything the alcoholic said as personal and gospel, and I believed everything they said. Um, and I would be upset the next day, and they could remember it. They forgot all about it. Yeah. They wouldn't believe it. They'd black, black out. The, yeah. Black out, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and to know... And, um, and to know that I'm a worthwhile person and um, I, I don't have to rely on what other people's opinion to make me feel good as long as I think I'm doing the right thing myself. Yes. Yeah. It also manifests a lot as, as anger and often guilt and often because we get angry, we do something that we feel guilty for and that perpetuates the cycle, which yeah. is really damaging, yeah. yeah and the alcoholics got a, a very good way of making you feel guilty <laughs> when they've done the wrong thing and you question about it you're the one who's in the wrong you know and i always say it'd be good to get a, a debating team full of alcoholics <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they win every argument yeah. <laughs> uh, so um warren how long did it take you to come to Eleanor? um i was 48 years of age yeah um and i went I was bounced into the rooms um, by the lovely lady friend, um, and I've never gone away. Yeah. Um, I, I sat there that first night, and I saw um, warmth and love and honesty, like you'd never seen before. Like I'd never seen before, <laughs> and it was just oh, I want some of that. Yeah. But I, I actually did hear somebody talk about a family member doing a geographical, as in moving away yeah. to get away from it and and, uh, and leaving messages behind. Just little things that were said in various people sharing their story on, on the topic at the time that made me think, gee, you know, I, this is not only happening to me. Yeah, that's yeah. a great feeling, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for the first time, alcoholism was being talked about yeah. and, and uh, the, the actions of the alcoholic and, and the actions of the family members and you know, the loved ones. Yeah. Um, I heard th- stuff that first night that um, just opened my eyes. It made me want to come back. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what it was, but something was drawing me back, and uh, I went to that same meeting for six months before somebody said to me, you need to go to other meetings yeah. yep. and hear other stories and, you know, and, and just um, slowly but surely everything will be pieced together. Um, everything gets revealed. Yeah. And, and that's exactly how it's been for me. I'd sit in a meeting and somebody will say something that's like gold and, uh, and I go back to when I was seven years of age. Uh, one of the things that um, my father used to do was we'd walk down the street and he was everybody's best friend. He'd talk to strangers. He'd bring strangers home, but he wouldn't talk to me. Yeah. And I mm. never got that, that that bothered me until one day somebody in the room was talking about that experience and it, 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 I was able to relate to it. Uh, yeah. And uh, it was great healing from my perspective that uh, you know, he wasn't emotionally available. He mm. had to act a certain way. Yeah. And it wasn't about me. No. Yeah. So what about your relationship with your children? Yeah, it's been, um, it, it, it's been, um, it's been challenging but rewarding. Um, I've had to go from um, trying to be the high-functioning mother and father because I was a single dad when um, my wife left me. Um, and and, and over, overcompensate for the fact that they didn't have a, a mother present um, to one to let them go and experience their own life, you know. And they they've had their ups and downs, and you know, one of them found disease and out of disease, and um, you know, one in, in a way is um, trying to heal all the stuff from the past by creating the perfect <laughs> family yeah. uh, environment. And you know, and I love him for that. You know, I love him for that. I'm able to sit and watch that and, and yeah. know that um, life in some way will reveal what you know, what they need yeah what they need to, you know my my, my um, other child's moved away um, our relationship 
in the fact that um, they've moved away has become really strong. And right. there's so much respect for each other. Yeah. And that's happened because I've let them be authentic self and, and let them experience life. Um, you know, that's something that uh, didn't happen growing up. I certainly got told how I was meant to be, how yeah. I was meant to operate yeah. in the world. As a matter of fact, um, Dad said to me when I was about nine years old that, you know, I needed to be the responsible one now and look after his, his wife, my mother, and, and, and my full brother, you know. And, uh, you know, what did that mean? That was pretty shocking to take on board as a nine-year-old kid. Yeah. And I was, yeah. you know, um, I became over-responsible from that point on. Yeah. He didn't mean for that to happen, but uh, I yeah. didn't know how to handle it. I was no. just a kid. Yeah. Um, okay, well, listen, we might take a break. Beyond the Bars is 3CR's annual prison project, giving voice to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander inmates across Victoria. You can listen to audio from this year and previous years online anytime. How do you rehabilitate someone? They just put you in a cell and tell you this is how long you're going to do and it's meant to rehabilitate you, you know. Rehabilitation starts when you get out. That's when your life begins again, doesn't it? In here, your life's on hold. Just go to 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars. Or if you'd like us to post you a free CD, contact the station on 03 9419 Herds and Curds with Carmen and Leanne bringing you conversations with farmhouse cheesemakers and dairy producers. The first Sunday of the month at 7am on your favourite station, 3CR. 3CR Digital and 3cr.org.au And you're listening to Living Free on 3CR 855kHz on your AM dial, 3CR on digital radio and live streaming at 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. Um, I'm chatting with John and Warren and we're talking about recovery from the family disease of alcoholism uh, with the help of Al-Anon family groups. Um, So we've been talking about sort of being in Al-Anon. I thought we'd sort of go back to a bit earlier in our childhood and, and talk about what it was like growing up and um, the, the family situation in that. Um, so, Warren, what about you? What was what was life like as a child? Yeah, we talked about uh, a little bit earlier about the emptiness and, and trying to that something didn't feel right. Um, but that said, I had a very happy childhood, um, and that was achieved by my mother overcompensating for when the dramas occurred, uh, for when um, you know my uh, alcoholic uncle would drop the kids off. Yeah. And uh, after he'd had a fight with his wife and uh, and I wanted to go to the pub for the next six months, which he, he did from time to time, yeah. um, you know, that creates a, 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 a drama. You know, my, my, my father did not like my uncle at all because they were both alcoholics. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Low tolerance. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, low tolerance for each other. So those dramas were, were overcompensated. You know, they were overcompensated by my mother who went out of her way to make us happy. She, um, you know, she have us cooking or, you know, playing out in the backyard and she'd get involved and um, so that we could take our mind off it. Uh, and uh, she really sympathised the, um, desensitised the, um, the energy around the, uh, the anger of, yeah. of, of the dramas. Um, and, and the big one you know, was the, the secret of uh, my, my father never talked about his okay. history yeah. um, and uh, didn't want anything to do with his family of origin and uh, why was that? And I always had this question uh, uh, in, my, in my mind, I've got uncles and aunties that he talked about you know, that I knew existed but I knew nothing about them um, and I wasn't allowed to talk about them as, as such. 
Um, but generally, it was a happy, happy atmosphere, um, and that was because my mum went out of her way to uh, compensate during times of um, anguish. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, appreciate her for that. But I look, you know, I, 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 another realization in the rooms, you know, sharing with other people is um, what the last thing mum said before she passed away was, uh, "Warren, I can't do this anymore." Mm. She'd been doing it all her life. Yeah, and she just had enough. Yeah, so, so she never got to Alan or anything. Never, never got no. recovery. But, yeah, yeah. But she, um, she had her faith, and that was her, um, you know, her saviour. That, uh, you know, and I didn't know about her faith until um, she passed away. Right. But yeah. uh, you know, it was her own little thing, and uh, yeah. But uh, gee, she was high functioning um, rescuer. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, and it allowed me to have a happy childhood. Yeah. And, and um, surf the, the bumps. Uh, yeah. Dad was Dad was always sick. He was always going to die. He was going to die many times, yeah. <laughs> um, but never did. Um, and, and you know, I sat in the rooms and I hear about that as being a pretty common experience. That um, you know, the the alcoholic is uh, unwell, and uh, you know, the the, the next um, you know, heart attack or stroke or binging event will mean their um, their death. Yeah. But uh, it never happened. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, they, they tend to outlast uh, you know, the, the rest of the family. Yeah, is, is my experience. Anyway. Yeah, everybody else burns out on anxiety. Yeah, yeah. but the other thing that I remember was uh, I was sent out to work at a very young age. We were poor. Yeah, mum and dad were pensioners. Dad um, was in in the music industry, but he um, he hardly hardly worked as he got sicker. Um, so um, you know, I, I achieved. Um, you know, some notoriety in the family by going to work. You know, I had a morning mm. paper round, an evening paper round. I worked for a chemist and yeah. filled, filled shelves. At, you know, so I was, you know, the responsible one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. over-responsible, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. that took away from the playtime and, you know, being a member of a footy team or whatever, you know. So uh, I can look back at that now and see, well, that was the disease, the family alcoholism at, at play, you know, and, yeah. uh, and, and uh, you know, I've got comfort around that, that uh, that's how it was, and uh, not to be angry at it, to, to let it go. But, yeah. 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 I've got answers today. Yeah. Alan, Alan allowed me to find answers. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what about you, John? Your dad was a drinker? Yes. Um, <clears throat> I, I look back now, and I, I look back twice. I look back before Alan on, I look back after Alan on. But before Alan on, I look back and I... I could see the fighting and arguing and um, and the tension in the house and me getting up and, and throwing up for morning and I was stuttering and I, I couldn't work out what was going on and and just a hell of a mess, you know. And and after Alan on, I, I look back and I remember this used to be a, um, a hill at the end of the street and my father made us trolleys and we'd all billy carts and we'd all race down the hill on them yeah. and there was a, a, a big grass hill and... Uh, father made us sleds, and all the all the fathers in the street made sleds. So we used to spend the weekends going up and down there. And then, then one one day, a, a car roof appeared from somewhere. So we'd push this car roof up the top <laughs> of this hill, and then we'd all jump on it and go flying down. And then take another half hour, and, then, and it was cut with a you know all sharp edges on it. But that was the way it was, you know. And then back in the old days, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I look back at then look back at the happy times. I realised the other times did happen, but. If I want to have a happy life and, and be content in that, I'll, I'll look for the happiness. If I look for happiness and good things, I'll find them. If I look for misery and sadness, I'll, I'll also find that. So what was your relationship with your dad like on a day-to-day basis? Uh, I, I, uh, I looked up to him all the time. He was my hero. Uh, he did so many things. He was good at anything he did. And, and then when he'd, he'd get drunk, he'd, he'd just 
uh, you go from like hero to zero. Yeah. And um, but I, I I think a lot of that was me being looking at him and 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 when all my friends would would think he was a great person, I was a great person. And when he was drunk and they were laughing at him, I felt they were laughing at me. Yeah. And, and he didn't seem to do anything about it and so I took on all the shame and the guilt and all these bad things that I just held all them in and um, uh, and then everyone tried to make him oh, I'd try to make him feel good the next day after he did something stupid because I thought he must be feeling really bad so uh, yeah mm. So did you ever try and change your dad? Make him make him straighten up? No not so much straighten up before um I learned about Alan. On, or I was in the hotel with him. I was about eighteen or so, and then we, we had a few drinks. And I said, "Come on, we'll go now. We've been here for a while." And he said, "No, no, I'm going to stay." I said, "Well, no, no, no. Come on, we'll go. We've been here a while." And he said, "No, I've got to stay." And I, and I said, "Trying to use psychological blackmail." <laughs> I said, "Well, if you don't come with me now, that means you don't love me, you know." Yeah. And he said, "No, I've got to stay because I didn't realise then that." I had a choice. He didn't have a choice. He had to stay the stumps until he collapsed, you know. And I said, well, if you don't love me, you must hate me, you know. And why you hate me and all this? And I started crying. I thought, what an idiot. And But that was my way of trying to make make him stop drinking, come home and be the happy home and that. But, and that's what caused all the trouble in the house. Everyone, no one knew that it was a disease. And once the alcoholic had that first drink, they couldn't stop. They yeah. didn't have a turn-off switch. Where a non-alcoholic's got a turn-off switch. They have one or two drinks or whatever and turn off and go home. But yeah. now I know that alcoholic, once they start, they can't stop. Yeah. So. Well, it's a good realisation, isn't it? Because it's yes. it's understanding that that's, that is an alcoholic. That's the definition of an alcoholic. They, once they start, they can't stop. And if you accept somebody as an alcoholic, then you go, well, if they have a first drink, then it's pretty much a write-off. So I know what to do, yep. but if you try and stop them, it's going to be all hell breaks loose. Yeah, that's what happens with my wife. So if I know there's going to be drinking, and I, I, um, I don't go. I say, okay, that's, you can go to that. I, I won't go because I know that if you have a really good night, everything will be sweet. You'll have a great night. And then all of a sudden, bang, you're the biggest mongrel under the sun. And yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and then I'll wake up in the morning and I'll, I'll be in a bad mood and can't remember anything, you know, so... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, back to you, Warren. Um, so, with your parents, I guess disagreeing about life generally, which it's very hard to live with an alcoholic and not have tension. So, was it? Were you? Did you feel anxious as a kid? Yeah, very much so. <laughs> Anxiety is, um, you know, manif- was manifested in me throughout my childhood. Um, and by the you know the mid twenties, I had high blood pressure. Um, mid thirties, I was medicated for anxiety. Um, as a, as a result, I'm not medicated today, and I've got no doubt. Um, and I don't have panic panic attacks. Yeah. And I've got no doubt that's because I'm I'm, I'm in the Al-Anon fellowship. You know that the um, the tools that I've been able to pick up with Al-Anon, um have allowed me to manage and turn down the tone of that anxiety. Yeah, um, and see see the reality of it. You know, the big thing in the in the family for me around that was I couldn't tell the difference between a truth or a lie. Yeah, and then somebody told me in the program the alcoholic cannot tell the difference between a truth or a lie. No. That to them everything is the truth. 
wow, you know, that just hit me right between the eyes. And okay, so you know, the the, the family legends and you know, are they real? Are they are they, are they not? You know, people wanted to write books and stories about the adventures of the alcoholics and uh, and, and the family, and because they apparently were so unique. Well, you know, the reality is, I'll never know if they were true or not. No, and uh, you know, <laughs> Eleanor's helped me let that go. Um, and, and see it as just, um, you know, the, the, the alcoholic and, and the disease um, at a point in time needing the way it functioned at that point in time. Yep. You know, every day was different. And, yeah. I, and, and I, one, of my, one of my big problems was I'd forget what happened yesterday. And when the yesterday repeated, yeah. I thought we are going to get a different outcome. Yeah. But we never did. Yeah. That's insanity, I think, when you're... you're yeah. <laughs> so did you feel different at school because of your family background yeah just struck me talking to you and listening to john a moment ago um that i, I tend to gravitate towards um people with um defects at school yeah. gamblers drinkers yeah. drug addicts <laughs> um not the you know not the learned people who would study um yet there was a pull towards those people but uh, i never stayed with them uh, for any long period of time that I'd uh, go back towards the gamblers and um, you know, I found myself funding or you know, helping their, their disease in early age. And, and some of my um, friends today are people I went to school with and they've all got the disease. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. You know, I saw it manifest back then. So I was, I'm attracted to alcoholics and gamblers. And, yeah, trying to help uh, them. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally attracted to them. I know that now. Yeah. yeah, so I'm able to temper that behaviour. Mm. So a bit about your mum and dad. Did they come from alcoholic families themselves? Yeah, so um, my dad, dad was um, born in outback Western Australia and uh, had, a, had a bit of a, a tough life. He was one of um, seven kids. Early age, he, he, depression, you know, early 19th century, found himself, um, you know, having to go out and work from farm to farm through northern Western Australia. Yep. To, Tough uh, life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, to live, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and that, um, you know, back then drinking was a pretty common thing, so that's where he picked that up. Um, and um, and mum, um, she was always the, the good girl, the carer, like her mum. Mm. Um, my my, um, my grandfather on mum's side was a um, uh, very high-functioning, fun- successful man in society. They were well-respected. I don't know if he was a drinker, but I certainly know his two sons were. Yeah. <laughs> and, and one was um, you know, high-functioning, very successful in the finance industry, um, but a chronic alcoholic and, and died a very sad death as a result. And, and the other uncle, um, the happy drunk, as I call him, because yep. everybody loved him, yep. and he had a story... <laughs> that uh, you know, we hung on every word yeah. about what happened out in the Pilbara. Um, just reflecting back to my father, though, I didn't find out about my father until uh, his life um, and his background. Uh, the truth of that until later in life, as in my late twenties. When um, you know, long story short, he was dying again. Yeah, <laughs> better let his sister know. I knew only of a sister and a, and a brother. Um, I you know. Researched, found his sister eventually, and she, you know, her first words to me were, um, "You know, I always knew my brother wasn't dead. Um, you need to speak to your brother and your other two sisters." Yeah, right. So you know, here I am at 28 years of age. I've I've got an extended family. Yeah, one of which was um, an alcoholic, and the other one was married to an alcoholic, and uh, and the other one was a bit of a mirror image of myself. <laughs> so, uh, but you know what, the, the genetics um, and the family system. 
we just got on with each other straight away. Yeah. Uh, back to my my uncle, my mother's brother. You know, it was really sad. Her, uh, his children. You know, being dumped or dropped off with us from time to time. They don't speak together. They don't speak today. Yeah. As a result um, of fighting over who should pay for the funeral of, of yeah. their father. Yeah. And then you know, that's for fifteen years. They haven't spoken. And it's yeah. just really sad to see the effects. You know, I wish they'd get in the rooms. Yeah. There'll be healing if there is. Yeah. A lot of people don't realise how prevalent alcoholism is. Oh. I had a friend who lived next door for oh, 35, oh, 20 years, and it's, it's now 35 years later, and he didn't realise my dad was an alcoholic. Mm. He thought he was a great guy. And, you know, it's just amazing yeah. that, that, you know, you can live next door to somebody and just not know that such basic things about them, uh, but that's, that's life. Yeah. Um, so, John, you're... Your mum came into Al-Anon, didn't she? Uh, yep. So how did you react to having a mother in Al-Anon before was, you knew about it yourself? I was fuming. <laughs> <laughs> For goodness sake, you've said some evil things to each other and yelled and screamed. Now you call him an alcoholic and you're telling the world well, my father's an alcoholic because at that stage, alcoholic to me... I think, a lot of people was uh, the man in the park with a bottle of metha. And my father was high-functioning, had a, had a good job, um, made lots of money, um, had a nice home, everything was okay. And the funny thing about it was every alcoholic's different. He'd, he'd never drink on a Sunday, never drink on a Sunday. And if we went on a picnic with the children, he never drank then. Wow. But the rest of the week, it was uh, open <laughs> slather. Yeah, yeah. So did... Did you see your mum going to Al-Anon as a solution to the problem? No, no, I was <laughs> just adding to it, you know, thought, bloody hell, what next? <laughs> but uh, saying that, the whole family was mixed up. We're just, you know, like, like we're in a, like a concrete mixer going round and round and round trying to make sense of this rubbish that was happening and just it's, it, was, it was a nightmare, really. Yeah, yeah. A nightmare. So did that take a toll on the family, all that? Constant anxiety is not good for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And the main thing was, I think, it was people trying to um, stop the alcoholic drinking or trying to make sense of it. And the result was, um, as they say, it's a family disease. Uh, my mother ended up in a psych hospital. My sister was in a psych hospital. My brother was in a psych hospital. Uh, and my father, he had a couple of nervous breakdowns. They called it nervous breakdown. I don't know whether he was. He was Went to rehab or not? What I've added in, but it was, uh, yeah, and, and I, I was just hanging on by me by myself, just hanging on, holding my hands tight as I could, and saying, "You're not going to get me, you mongrels, you're yeah. yeah, white coat." And I, I used to go around and, and visit them all. They weren't they weren't all in the, at the same time, but different times of um, our life that everyone was in the hospital because they, they couldn't try to make sense of, of, of a situation yeah. that didn't make sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a bit like gaslighting really. Mm. You're hearing one thing and the reality is something completely different and you're just trying to reconcile that is very difficult. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're listening to Living Free on 3CR on digital radio and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. Uh, I'm talking to John and Warren and we're talking about recovery from alcoholism and the family disease uh, with the help of Alan on family groups. Uh, so we've sort of, we're two-thirds of the way through, so we're, we're nearly there. Um, I guess the, the things that that make us realise um, we have a problem is when it, when it starts uh, really affecting us, bad, our, our own lives badly. So, Warren, what was the thing that caused you to think about seeking help? 
uh, I was a maniac. Yeah. Um, would survive on three or four hours sleep a night. Um, went and did, you know, um, went, went into massive people pleasing where I had balls up in the air at one time, at any one time for all, um, any number of things. Um, and, and within that, was always looking out. Which never yeah. looked it in. How do yeah. I feel? I never asked myself, how do I feel? Um, and what do I need? You know, um, and, and that was everything about me. You know, uh, Am I eating properly? Am I exercising? Am I getting enough sleep? Um, am, am I listening to people? Um, I definitely wasn't a good listener because I was scared of what people were going to say, so I'd finish their sentences for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I look outwardly very happy. Uh, um, wanted to be the the happy person. Inwardly, you know, I was shaking. Yeah. So, um, did you seek help before you came to Alan? No, no, yeah. no. This was my bit. This was my lot. I, I, I can recall going into shops and um, you know I could feel this catastrophe about to happen, and uh, I just freeze. Uh, I'm in a public place. Yeah. Very safe place. Yeah. But for some reason, yeah, my world was about to come tumbling down, and I just freeze, and, and then I run. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, and then I'd run and um, yeah, and 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 you know that didn't happen just once. It happened many times. Yeah, um, yeah. So my view was it was a catastrophe waiting to happen. Yeah, and was going to happen. To you, and I'd better, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd better steal myself for it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Not today. Yeah. So that that sort of would you call that manic behaviour? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So you know, here's an example. My um, my wife had left me. Um, with two kids, so what did I do? I, I um, went and started a business, uh, two businesses, not just one. Um, I um, became really high-functioning. High I'd get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and prepare the kids' lunches, and I'd do whatever I could to do exactly what my mother did, which was cover yeah. up and <laughs> make them feel okay, get them to school and get them educated and deal with all the dramas that occurred around there. Um, and, and um, you know... Generally, people please. You know, I, I, my days were you know four, five o'clock in the morning till two o'clock the next morning, and then I'd be lying awake at three thirty in the morning, worried. worried. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely worried. I tried meditation. Uh, you know, I, but you know what I didn't do? I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't mm. tell anybody how I felt yep. and what was going on for me. Yeah, I didn't know I was allowed to. No, no, yeah. the, the denial from the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's strong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, how about you, John? What was what what were what were you, what were the things that sort of brought you coming back to Al-Anon the the second time? Uh, <clears throat> nothing made sense. Nothing. It just I just couldn't fathom what was going on. I just I think it was all the lies and all the deceit and all these stupid things, stupid lies, and and we told that things didn't happen, and you, and you could see that it did happen, and and. Uh, it was, just so confusing, and I, I had three beautiful children. I, I, I could see it was affecting them, and um, and, uh, and I, I came back, and it, it just made so much sense. It was just, it was, it was being with positive people, people who who knew what I was talking about. They're not going to say, "Oh, poor you, you poor thing," or yeah. not going to say, "Well, you know, just." Shape up and you know, and yeah, you can do better, yeah. yeah, yeah, but, but they did sh- nod there to, yeah, yeah, been there, yeah, done that, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and one time I, I I, I said something and everyone laughed. I thought, oh, what are you laughing for? And then a good friend said, because they've all been there and they've had that same feeling as well, yeah, so. yeah. Um, so 
Um, so what's it like for you when, you know, to, to sort of understand that the way you looked at the world was a bit different to everybody else? Because that was the thing with me. I didn't realise that it was the way I looked at the world. I thought it was the world. You know? And just, just understanding that I had a different view coming from my background, growing up with an alco- alcoholic father, coming from my background, I looked at things differently. I looked at them anxiously and I expected the worst. Whereas yeah. everybody else didn't do that. Uh, it's, um, one, one of the first readings or thing I, I learnt in Al-Anon was, was that um, roses have thorns, or they yeah. might put the other way, that thorns have roses. You yeah. know, so, and, it's, and it's the way you, you look at things. That, and, and I know that, um, the way I was brought up, we had certain standards, and the way my wife was brought up, that was other standards and different things. That, the things that I thought were, weren't acceptable, it was the norm there. So I've got, had to learn that other people... Um, just because I disagree with them doesn't mean that, that I'm right and they're wrong, you know. So we've all yeah. got a, a right and different things. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, uh, yeah. And um, uh, uh, my life today is is great. Yeah, I really yeah. enjoy life. Yeah. So the other one is coming into Alanon, You sort of compare yourself to other people's lives, and I found a lot of people had a lot worse lives than me. Yeah. Did you experience that too? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what brought me back. It's, um a girl got up and spoke, and, and she her life was had a really tough life. I thought, you know, it was worse than what I had. And she, at the end, she said, "I had a good day today. I yeah. had a good day." I thought, what? <laughs> what? What? And and, and then there's, there's other people who have spoken, and they have given my sort of emotional, personal story. They've spoken about ha- what my feelings, feelings yeah. and I'm thinking, how do they know that? How do they know that? Mm. And it was just so good to know that. Um, other people felt the same way and, and another good thing was that I had all this rubbish in my head all these different strange crazy thoughts that seemed sensible and when I spoke about them I thought that's stupid <laughs> but once I spoke about when they were in my head they seemed sane yeah. but when I spoke about it yeah. it was good to get all that rubbish out you know just get it all out you know and that's why it's so important not to like we say not to isolate to talk to people and talk yeah. it's such a wonderful yeah. thing communication and and, yeah. and to interact with other human beings and not try and do it on your own and to, and to put your hand out for help yeah. because people will help you if you ask yeah. for help you know yeah and it's if if you tell your own story and get it in you can get it into perspective mm. and that really helps so um what was I going to ask you, Warren? Um, when you, you you said you had this this mental mm. issues, mm. so what did you do to help that situation? I, I kept trying to push through. I, yeah. did, I, I didn't stop. <laughs> no, I enjoyed the pain and suffering. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it at all. I just uh, thought it was, it was my lot. Um, and that one day. Fairy would wave a magic wand and all would be well. Yeah, um, you know the, the castle and the, the big castle and the happy family <coughs> would, would arrive. But uh, yeah, and um, you know what I did was I went to Alanon and uh, and I, I learnt to listen and I became teachable um, and I learnt to share my story and be honest about my feelings and I learnt that I'm on a journey. I had had a rock bottom and I needed to be on a journey of recovery. And for the first time, I started to feel safe. Yep. Totally safe, and the catastrophe cloud started to disappear. A lot of contentment in my life today. I've got a partner who understands that um, I'm on a journey of recovery and uh, lets me work that recovery. Doesn't stop me going to meetings or you know talking yeah. about on and on. Uh, and feel uh, feel the feeling. I've you know, wonderful friends through the program. Yep. Um, give back through a bit of sponsorship and, and service, and vice vice versa. The biggest change in my family environment was nobody said the word love. 
Yeah. Um, and I heard in the rooms, just, just tell them you love them. Love them yeah. in a very special way. So I started telling, you know, the alcoholics, I love them. I love you. And, you know, first reaction was they wanted to kill me. <laughs> they really did. <laughs> what do you mean, love? <laughs> you know, this is a relationship of hate yeah, and control. Four-letter word, yeah. Yes. But um, today, you know, you know what came back? They tell me that they love me. Mm. And, you know, that's that's amazing. Alanon just, you know, you know and, and the people in Alanon seeing their experience um, helped me try things that I could never have conjured up myself. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I believe that um, you know to learn, you've got to listen to other people's experiences, and, and you take what you like. Yeah, and I took that, and it's it's really paid div- uh, dividends. The other thing is, um, you know, I, I don't get involved in other people's relationships. You know, my my kids have got a relationship with each other. Yeah, that's their relationship. Yeah. My, yeah. Their relationship with their mother is their relationship with their mother. Yeah. You know, my partner's relationship with their kids is their their relationship. None of my business. Yeah. Now I've taken my hands off it, yeah. and, and and Alan's give me the tools and and uh, the support to do that. It's not easy to just. You know, it's easy to say, hard to do. Yeah, very hard to do. But um, yeah. you know, the, the the help and support you get really helps me do that. So. Yeah, it's um, it's a bit about respect, respecting their right to yeah. live their life the way they want to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's their journey. It's not my yep. journey. Yep. And and uh, and um, you know, my will wanted to you know, control their journey. You know, <laughs> one of the, my big things was to hand over money. You know, that was, that was um, easing their pain. I thought, yeah, and supporting them. But you know, it was yeah. controlling them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, big lesson for me. <laughs> More money in my pocket as a result. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, what about your relationship with your kids, John? It's um, wonderful. It's really mm. good. It's um, the main thing is coming to Alanon to to express my love for them and to give them a hug. Like in Alanon, we usually hug each other after the meeting and you know some and, some, um, some meetings, yeah, yeah some do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, not me. Yeah. Uh, and um, we, we and, and our, growing up, we never did that because that was like being a sissy. You know, you just shook hands and all this sort of thing. But um, I, I say to my children now, when they're when they young, just to give them a hug and tell them I love them, and and uh, that's made a, a big difference. And 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 my son got into a bit of not not bad trouble. He, he was never bad, but he just did silly things. And I would say, look, we still love you, but I I don't like you at the moment. I don't like your actions at the moment. Yeah. And that was good. And he's grown up to be a you know responsible citizen. And the other, I've got a daughter who's got two. He's given me two grandchildren. And my son's got a. a a child on the way, and my youngest daughter's got a lovely partner, so they're all going, yeah. you know, really well. Never been in trouble, so yet, yeah. Can I just add to that? For for me, my personal experience, I see the old timers, the people in the program a long time. They all have this attitude that something good is about to happen. Yeah, you, you can see it, you can feel it, and you know, and uh, you know what? It starts to. That's starting to occur for me. You know, yeah. I've gone away from the negative thinking, the perspective, and got the yeah. perspective. And, uh, you know, life, there's a lot of good stuff about life. And, uh, yeah, Alan helps me feel that. So really yeah, great. be there. Yeah. Through the experience of others. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, well, listen, we're just on time. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to find out more about Alan and family groups, then you can phone them on 1300 252 666 uh, or go online at alanon.org.au. Uh, it's about all we've got time for today so i'd like to thank john and warren for coming in and today and sharing their allen and family groups recovery experience with us thank you thank thanks you. bill it's been a, a pleasure. pleasure uh stay tuned now for black noise radio 
um, hosted by Kerry Lee and featuring black news and views, current affairs, music, sport, culture and the arts, all from an Aboriginal woman's perspective. Uh, and I hope you'll be able to join us again next week when we'll be talking about recovery from a gambling addiction and we'll be joined by Michael from Gamblers Anonymous. Yeah.